Welcome to Cape and Ray Hall, nestled in the beautiful landscapes between England's national parks. As a Bible school, we offer short-term courses aimed at fostering your spiritual growth and living in a community. Our historic manor house has something for everyone. You can enjoy indoor and outdoor adventures, connect with students from around the world, and learn how to deepen your relationship with Jesus Christ. Search Cape and Ray England for more information. I looked around. I was the guest speaker in a large, successful church, and the service was hopping quite literally. The congregation were well into the songs, and a gaggle of enthusiastic teens had rushed to the front of the auditorium to the edge of the stage, where they were dancing to the high-energy tunes. Teens had rushed to the front of the auditorium to the edge of the stage, where they were dancing to the high-energy tunes. On stage, the worship team were technically brilliant, the graphics on the huge screen behind them stunning. Each member of the band, there were about ten of them, looked like they'd stepped out of a fashion magazine. Fabulous teeth that facilitated gleaming smiles, the ladies all young and beautiful, and the chaps all appeared to be sporting six-pack abs and, and the fruit of many workout biceps. I wondered if slightly overweight, average-looking folks were banned from the platform, but surely the ugly quota would be more than fulfilled once I got up to preach. Everything looked great, but inwardly, something still wasn't right with me. I often feel like that in church. Everyone else seems to be totally caught up in the holy moment, and I catch myself fretting, distracted, questioning, anxious. I feel more like a refugee than a local. Perhaps you know the feeling. What's wrong, I ask myself, this church had grown from a fledgling church plant to a thriving congregation of 2,000 people in 10 years and had planted other congregations in that fruitful decade. I didn't know the pastor very well, but he came across as an authentic leader and a brilliant communicator. So what was up? I wondered if I was struggling because this was the third service of the morning. I'd sat through all of the songs, the announcements, the spontaneous wittier sides twice already, and perhaps this was just beginning to feel a little redundant. But that was not it. My home church is three Sunday morning services, which means I get to hear myself three times over when I preach. I'm used to repetition. And then I identified the source of my vague disquiet. These are great people. The music is wonderful. And beneath the surface, they are truly committed to the gospel. The financial giving of the church shows that they mean business, and are willing to sacrifice to fulfil their mission. It's all good, but it's all just a bit too exciting. I couldn't attend this church regularly because I can't be that thrilled about being a Christian that regularly. Being ecstatic about being a follower of Jesus on a weekly basis is just beyond me. As the thought registered, the worship leader stepped up a gear in terms of exhortation, yelled that Jesus was totally awesome, and with a hint of rebuke in his voice, commanded the now sweaty congregation to dance more, shout louder, clap together, because Jesus was worth it. Inwardly, I groaned. Now please don't misunderstand me. Despite my 63 years, I can shout and clap and even bop with the best of them, even if my dancing does look a little uncoordinated, and people have been known to want to call for medical assistance when I break into my jerky, frenetic moves. I love to see a congregation giving their best when they praise the Lord. Sullen, spectator churches depress me. But I do worry when church has to always be exciting. 
when every service has to be a great breakthrough, when every gathering has to result in an eye-popping, life-altering encounter with God, and when we have to be excited all the time, surely some unhealthy traits can emerge. First of all, life isn't always exciting. On the contrary, I recently spoke to a young widow whose 35-year-old husband had just passed away following a brave five-year battle with multiple brain tumours. She's trusting all right, but she's far from excited. There's the danger that we reduce faith to having excited feelings, and then, when those feelings fail to appear, we wonder where God has gone. And then there's the problem that looms if every service has to be awesome. Quite simply, we can end up faking it, over-egging what happens, because we're desperate for a result. Surely, sometimes, whatever our tradition or form or style, sometimes church can be predictable. We get together, sing our songs, pray our prayers, open the great book, ponder its meaning, affirm our faith, and then go home. No mountaintop transfiguration experience required, just the people of God huddling together and reminding each other that they are the people of God and that Jesus is still alive. Surely we should make allowances for the church to be rather boring sometimes. The early church must have had at least a few services where they weren't dancing on the tables. Some of their gatherings were punctuated by deep disagreements. And on one glorious occasion, the Apostle Paul droned on for so long that a hapless young chap fell asleep and tumbled out of a window. All right, so they raised him from the dead. That bit was exciting. And the slumber was explained by the lulling warmth of oil lamps burning rather than the apostle being tedious. But it did happen nevertheless. Boredom is part of tenacious relationships. Not every conversation with a trusted friend will necessarily be exhilarating. Can't the same be true of the collective relationships that we call church? Recently, there's been a call for worship songs that more accurately reflect the different seasons of life. There's been a dearth of so-called songs of lament, that can be used to express struggle, doubt and pain. While I think such songs would be challenging to write, the worship leader saying, let's all stand together and sing number 47, which is I'm naffed off, how about you? Surely there must be some songs that are appropriate for when a national disaster is announced or that can express uncertainty, fear or despair. The great songbook of the Bible, the book of Psalms, contains plenty of those statements. Frequently the psalmist asks, why? How long? And even, God, where have you gone? Could we not create songs that express the full texture of life here on this broken planet? Perhaps I should start a new organisation called the International Federation of Occasionally Boring and Predictable Churches. That's silly, I know. Nobody would join. But we could at least give each other permission to truthfully say that life is not an endless hop, skip and jump, and though at times, although we're still trying to follow Jesus, we're dragging our feet as we do so. Weekly exuberance is therefore not always required. Faithfulness is a fruit of the Spirit. Excitement is not.